0: Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, August 14th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Most environmental activists in St. Louis are white. The few people of color who work for environmental groups struggle to fit in.
1: As much as we would question, we wouldn't really be acknowledged. And then things would just happen, you know, without our two cents, I guess.
0: In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports on what it's like for people of color to work in mainstream environmental activism. The Missouri General Assembly's special session on violent crime is on hold after House Republicans decided to change legislative strategy. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has reaction from a St. Louis Democrat about what may happen next.
1: The Senate passed a multifaceted bill that would alter when juveniles can be certified as adults and at least temporarily remove St. Louis's residency requirement for police. But the House announced this week they're going to consider each part of the Senate bill individually. State Representative Lakeisha Bosley says it's a good thing that the House slowed the process down, especially since some special session ideas stoke concern from both parties. No matter how conservative or not, they will definitely go to a place where they say, you know what, this is just too much. The legislature could also consider allowing the attorney general to intervene in St. Louis homicide cases, which Governor Mike Parson supports, but the Missouri Association
0: of Prosecuting Attorneys strongly oppose. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. And St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner is firing back at Governor Mike Parson's plan on criminal prosecution in the city. Gardner accuses the governor and other leaders of attacks and misinformation. She also says he has a personal interest to focus on a specific case her office is investigating. It's actually a dangerous proposition we're going into in the state of Missouri when you have these individuals, the powerful few, who want to inject themselves into the prosecutorial discretion. Gardner is referring to the case against Mark and Patricia McCloskey, who were charged with unlawful use of a weapon in July. She made those comments yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. Governor Parson weighed in on the overall situation yesterday, specifically on the decision by legislators to delay the special session by a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, you know, it's disappointing because, you know, the reality of it is the homicide rates in the state uh, are climbing and every day we're delaying, more people are losing their lives.
0: Legislators decided on the extension to, quote, protect the integrity of the lawmaking process. St. Louis soccer fans have a name for their new Major League Soccer team, St. Louis City SC. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, the team's owners say the brand is about celebrating the heritage of the city and broader region.
1: A year after MLS announced St. Louis would be among its next expansion teams, the ownership group revealed the team's name in navy blue and red crest. It features the Gateway Arch as well as lines to symbolize the confluence of the Mississippi and Missouri Rivers. Chief Brand Architect Lee Broughton says he hopes to build an international brand with quote swagger that reflects a core fan base of 18 to 34 year olds. This literally is starting now. So we get an opportunity to, to build a perception of a super brand in the world sport, and we believe we're a world city. St. Louis City SC will begin playing in its downtown West Stadium in 2023, That's a year later than expected due to the pandemic. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: The St. Louis Zoo is closing its children's zoo after more than 50 years. President and CEO Jeffrey Bonner says the, quote, heart-wrenching decision stems from COVID-19. The Children's Zoo has implemented safety measures during the pandemic that has limited the mission of connecting animals and children. It will be open through October and be replaced with a temporary dinosaur exhibit in the spring. Officials are still deciding on a permanent use for the three-and-a-half-acre area. (music) Diversity researchers say more than eight out of ten environmental activists nationally are white. The few environmental activists of color who work in St. Louis find it difficult to fit in. In the second of two stories on racial equity and environmental advocacy, St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports environmental activists of color struggle to make their ideas heard.
1: It's a humid morning when I meet Tasha Phoenix at her family's three-acre property, where she's been growing fruits and vegetables for more than five years. Her nine-year-old son, Aleem, is with her, watering plants.
0: Yeah, he's been helping me since, since he was one.
1: Since she started growing food at home, she's worked with other people in her community to do the same. Then a couple years ago, Phoenix lost her job. She had worked with people who suffer from substance abuse issues. She saw an online posting for a food justice organizer at the Missouri Coalition for the Environment, but she didn't think it was meant for people like her.
0: Man, this position for a white person. (laughs) I'm like, man, it ain't no way they're making this position and looking for somebody from the hood. But Phoenix
1: applied anyway, and she got the job. Phoenix is a black woman from North St. Louis, and she sees very few people who look like her in environmental nonprofits. She's the only person of color on staff at the Missouri Coalition for the Environment. Organizations that work on environmental issues that affect everyone, like air pollution, hazardous waste sites, and food insecurity, have hired more people of color. Today, 16% of the groups employ people of color but my Sakan River policy director at the Mississippi River Network says it's not enough just to hire them. Just because you bring people of color into these spaces doesn't mean that you are creating an enabling environment for those people of color to thrive, and especially given that the mainstream environmental movement and these organizations have been so white for so long. Some people of color are wary of historically white organizations that try to recruit them. Leah Clyburn is an organizer for the Sierra Club's National Beyond Coal campaign that advocates for renewable energy. She recalls what she told Sierra Club staffers two years ago. If you want me, you need to be ready for me. I need to ask you some questions. What is the organization's plan on addressing you know, racism, within its ranks or within, you know, the volunteer structure. Clyburn joined the organization, but then dealt with microaggressions from people she talked to while doing campaign work. Some would tell her that she's not like other Black people because of how well she talks and presents herself. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, you you know what I mean. You're not like that. You're not like them. You're not, not, we're not talking about you. And it's like, no, you are. She told her white colleagues that they need to help defend her in those moments. But some environmentalists of color say it can be difficult to challenge white people they work with. Maurice Mouillet is a climate advisor for the Natural Resources Defense Council.
0: One of the problems is, and, and, I've, and I've dealt with this personally, if you're a person of color, especially a, a black male or a black female, and you speak up, it seems as if you're being disrespectful in some cases.
1: Emmeline Giles, a former staff member at the Missouri Coalition for the Environment, says she tried to propose that the group organize some public events in more predominantly black parts of St. Louis. and I even tried to find, like, potential spots in Old North, you know, um, where they kept choosing places in more affluent areas that were um, in Maplewood or breweries, you know, all that stuff. Giles, who's Asian, says it was one of several examples of the organization dismissing ideas from people of color. As much as we would question, we wouldn't really be acknowledged. And then things would just happen, you know, without our two cents, I guess. Heather Navarro, the executive director for the Missouri Coalition for the Environment, says the group is trying to make the organization a more inclusive place to work. Many white environmentalists have expressed support for black people in recent months. But Phoenix says people in the environmental movement have blamed black people for illegal dumping and other problems in their neighborhoods and need to understand why Black communities are stuck with these issues.
0: Say people on a block start picking up trash, but then there's a vacant lot there, and someone from St. Charles comes and dumps on it, and people get tired of doing the things over and over. What do you think gonna happen? Environmental movement needs to get off its high horse and address its racist history and stop trying to make it like everybody pollutes willingly and she
1: thinks that's a critical step if environmental groups are serious about working with communities of color. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway.